glad to be here today? Come on. You glad to be here today? It's Sunday. It's the best day of the week. It's my favorite day of the whole week. Well, welcome to church this morning, and I hope you are ready to laugh because um, that's our whole goal in this message, because sometimes you just need to laugh, you know? And this time of year, if we're not careful, uh, we can allow it to kind of become a Humpty Dum, like, oh, everything's so awful. So we're going to laugh today, and we're going to have some fun together. So good to see every one of you. Uh, back in 1904, there was a poem written called Success, written by Bessie Anderson Stanley. And one line in the poem says, He who has achieved success has lived well, laughed often, and loved much. I think one of the things missing from this whole Christmas season is joy. We forget that the whole reason for the season is the birth of Jesus, that he was born and he brought joy to the world. That's exactly what our Bible tells us. So I hope you enjoy this message today. If you don't, you can blame my husband because it's his. So, and you can complain to him later. No, don't send him emails. Don't do any of that. Uh, but it, I really think that you're going to enjoy this message today. But for some of us, we, instead of having this season of thankfulness, of being grateful for what we have, of love and the holly jolly feeling and that joy, sometimes we can be kind of the opposite of that. And so I really want to kind of talk more about that today and what this whole Christmas season is actually about. It really is about the joy that was brought here to earth when Jesus came and was born. Luke 2, 8 through 10 says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. So today is all about bringing joy to the world. It's about how to enjoy your life, love your life, be thankful for the life you have. And I think we all need to laugh more. I love to laugh. One of my very favorite things is just like a funny movie, funny Christmas movies. There's very few things that I can watch over and over, and Christmas movies is one of those. I can watch my same favorite Christmas movies over and over. You guys like funny Christmas movies? I like Christmas movies in general, but funny ones, they just take the cake for me. And I really love, unashamed, you guys, you might judge me, but I love, like, funny videos where people get hurt. <laughs> There's something so hilarious about somebody slamming into a wall or, like, falling off of a trampoline. And hopefully that was never you, but, like, one of my favorites is this girl who's doing gymnastics, and she, like, does this flip, and she literally slams against the wall, like, face first. And I laugh every time. And the best thing is, if my kids are around, they're like, what are you laughing? And you know it's really good if you cry because you're laughing so hard. Like, that's how you know it's really good. Really good. And sometimes I'll be laughing at something, and the kids will come up, and Ashton, my oldest, she likes to bring it back in. She's like, that's not funny. I'm like, yes, it is. Did you not see that? That's hilarious. I also have this desire to, like, be witty enough to make memes because I think memes are so funny sometimes. Some are just ridiculous, and they're not funny. But some are really funny, and I'm like, man, I wish I could make those. I wish I was the one that was, like, sitting around making memes all day. You know there's actually people that do that? That's like their profession. They're meme makers. They're funny video makers. Like, what kind of job is that? But it really is a job that people have. So I love to laugh. I love a good funny movie, funny shows. Uh, Pastor Kyle and I, that's one of the things we do. If you've had a hard, long week, just find something funny to watch. There's few things that will just lift your spirits more than laughing. So I love to laugh. Ecclesiastes 3, Ecclesiastes, if I can talk, 3, 1 through 4 says, There's a time for everything. 
and a season for every activity under the sun, a time to laugh. So some of you might think, is it really appropriate to like laugh in church? Absolutely. Absolutely it is. Psalms 2-4 tells us the one enthroned in heaven laughs. Well, who's the one enthroned in heaven? That's God. And I would venture to guess that more than likely, there's plenty of times where he's actually kind of laughing at me, like dumb things you do, silly things you do, mistakes you make, and he's probably up there going, oh, really? Oh my gosh. You know, he's got a sense of humor. He is definitely up there laughing with us and at us plenty of times. But I love to laugh. Again, I love to laugh until I cry. There's few things that just bring me joy like that. So why don't we laugh more? Why do we take things so serious? I think that a lot of it is just a heart issue. I'm convinced of that, that if we walk around with this heart, these hearts that are heavy, that everything is negative, that really is a heart issue. And if we're not careful, then we can become like the Grinch, which is one of my very favorite Christmas movies, the original. I like the original the most of all of them. My youngest loves the Grinch. He absolutely loves it. He loves the newer one as well with Jim Carrey, although my middle son, he like wants nothing to do with that. He says it's creepy. He does not like the Jim Carrey one at all. He's not interested. I think he's getting a little more used to it, but we love the Grinch. But if we're not careful, then we can become like the Grinch, who we hear in the story. Here he, it says, every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Now, please don't ask why. No one knows quite the reason. It could be that his head was, wasn't screwed on quite right. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. But I think the most likely reason of all is that may, his heart may have been two sizes too small. Go ahead, guys. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black heel. I love that one. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So our heart, the condition of our hearts, will determine the course of our lives. The Bible tells us in the last days that terrible times will come because of heart condition, our heart condition. 2 Timothy 3.1-3 says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Hello, that's today's age. <laughs> lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, and unforgiving. So we're calling those last four words there the four uns because those really represent the heart condition in the last days. And we are living in the last days. When we say that, what that means is that the Bible tells us that Jesus will return to earth. And that really is what we're talking about, that this is the last days that we live in before the return of Jesus. So the first one 
in your notes there is ungrateful. We get so focused on what we want that we forget to see what we already have, what we have to be so grateful for. Our kids complain about not having the latest electronic, the newest iPod, iPad, iPhone, whatever it is. And what they fail to realize is that for most of us, we had a Walkman, okay? We had a portable CD player at best, okay? And when I grew up, I grew up in a house where we had an unfinished basement for most of my life. That's the house we lived in. And mom and dad never finished it, which was great for me because I took that opportunity to go down there and I would rollerblade and I would listen into my, my uh, portable CD player and I have my headphones. But the thing is with the portable CD player, you had to keep it straight, right? Y'all know. You had to keep it like this because if you turn it sideways, then it starts skipping and then it messes up your favorite song. Or if you had this cassette player and that little ream of all the music got pulled out of there, oh man, it was over. You had to like try and get it back in if it got messed up. Then your song was ruined. So all you kids that are like wanting the newest iPhone, iPods for Christmas, listen, you did not even, you don't even know. You have no clue. We were listening to cassette tapes and Walkmans and portable CD players. So y'all just better be thankful for the TV in your house, okay? Because that's more than any of us had. I had like no cable, black and white for most of my life. So get, just get with the program, y'all. Just be thankful. But there's a book that's called The Progress Paradox. And the whole thought behind it by the author is how life gets better, everything around us tends to get better while we feel worse. And I think that probably a lot of you would shake your heads like, yep, that is the truth. Western civilization has progressed more and more as the years go on, and yet people are less and less happy. So there's a reason for that. And so in this book, the author talks about how we have choice anxiety, is what he calls it, that we choose to not look at all the good things that we have. We choose to look at the negative. We choose to focus on all the bad areas in life or things that we perceive bad, which are actually still way better than most people. But we have so much to be grateful for, so much that we should be thankful for. And as soon as we can accept how good we have it, you'll actually be better off and you'll actually find more joy and fulfillment in life. Here's the next thing is unholy. When you allow little compromising sins in your life, that, that gets you to an unholy place. It not only destroys you spiritually, because the Bible tells us it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It not only messes with you spiritually, but then it becomes part of you. It messes with you mentally. It will just torture you to the point where those little sins now become this big thing if undealt with. And you can carry around guilt and shame Maybe you're the only one that knows about some of those things in your life. And if you're not careful, that guilt and shame then causes you to get into an even more unhealthy place mentally um, and even spiritually. Everything in our lives we should be thankful for. Every good, every bad, all of it we can be thankful for. But I also believe that we can experience some freedom in this as well. And I know that that is God's will for each and every one of us, that no matter what even those little sins might be that God can give us freedom in those areas and he can come in and do a heart adjustment within us and do some heart surgery and change those areas within us. Here's the next thing is unloving. In the last days, we'll no longer be loving. We'll be more unloving than loving. That's what the Bible tells us. We remove that human side to people and we just look at them as things, as pawns, as irritations 
rather than real people. We're all people. Every one of us fails. Every one of us messes up. But we are still to love each other. And so we have to be mindful that we don't allow ourselves to get this place where we just look at people as something that we don't want to deal with because we can't stand how people behave or how they act. But it's the love of Jesus, the Bible tells us, that, that leads people to God. It's our love for others and how we show love to one another. We should all be exemplifying the love of Jesus to every person around us. And we're not going to be perfect in it, but we have to do our best and allow God to help us grow in that area. And here's the deal. We're coming up in this. We are in the Christmas season, right smack dab in the middle of it. And you might even have some things going on in families and marriages with your kids. And can I just encourage you just to love them, no matter what, love them, because that's what they need is the love of Jesus. And who's to say that maybe the things that are within you, the love of Jesus that you carry could be the thing that, br that brings some change in that person's life. And it's just your actions, your words, everything that you're doing really needs to exemplify the love of Jesus to those around you. Uh, the next one here is unforgiving. Unforgiveness is probably the most dangerous of all. Uh, we carry around bitterness, always mad at somebody, easily offended. All of those things are not healthy for us. It's not how God wants us to live our lives, but if we're not careful, that's who we can become. The Bible tells us that freely you have received, so freely you should give. To the same extent that you expect grace and mercy and love from and forgiveness from your heavenly father is the same extent that you should extend that to someone else. So if you're not willing to extend forgiveness to those that are in your life, then how, that's what the Bible tells us, then how can you expect your heavenly father to forgive you? Because you're expecting more from other or from God than you are willing to give to others. The problem is actually not people, and this is a hard pill to swallow sometimes. Our problem isn't people. Our problem is the devil, who is always doing whatever he can to seek and devour everyone and anyone that he can. And if we're not careful, then we allow that influence to come into our lives. John 10.10 tells, tells us the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So God wants you to have a full life. He wants you to be happy, to be blessed, to be full of the joy of the Lord. That's what his will is for us. So again, we need to laugh more. The joy of the Lord is our strength is what the Bible tells us in Nehemiah 8.10. We have to take back the joy that God has given us freely and live in a place where we're thankful, where we're grateful for the highs and the lows for every season because God can take any situation and he can turn it for our good. Proverbs 17, 22 says, a cheerful heart is good medicine. There's actually scientific studies that have been done that prove that people that laugh more are actually happier. There is a joy that it brings to your life. So laugh more, you guys. That's what we want for you today. And y'all are quiet in here today. So we're going to make you laugh here in a minute because so far I've heard like no laughing. So that's my goal is for all of you to laugh. Here's the next thing in your notes is number one, this is how you can actually get to a place where you are full of joy, where you can get to a place where you are able to laugh more and have more fun in life. And that is number one, to make the choice every day. It's a choice. 
every single one of us wake up and we have the choice every day to choose how we want to live our lives. Are we going to live negatively or positively? Are we going to have joy or are we going to have doubts and frustrations? How are you going to live? So easy. It is so easy to blame other people for how we are. It's easy to blame our past for how we are. But they actually have a lot less say in the situation than you do. You and I are the ones that determine what happens in us. We can never, ever control what happens to us. We can't control what other people do, what other people say, how other people respond. But you can determine how you respond. You can determine how you are going to handle the situation, no matter what it is. Hebrews 12.1 says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So let's start off every day and decide how you're going to live your life. Maybe your prayer sounds like this when you get up in the morning because you, you should start with a prayer in the morning. That's a good way to start your day. But maybe your sounds like this. Dear Lord, so far today, I'm doing all right. I haven't gossiped. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been greedy. I haven't been grumpy, nasty, selfish, or self-indulgent. I have not whined. I have not cursed. And I have not even eaten chocolate today. However, I'm getting ready to get out of this bed. And so from that point forward, I'm going to need a whole lot of help because I can't do this on my own. You know that's true. Some of you are like, uh-huh, yeah. But no, seriously, here is a great prayer that you can pray in all seriousness. And that's in Psalm 19, 14. It says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So good. That is definitely one that you can pray. That the meditation, what it is that you are meditating on, that the words that are coming out of your mouth, that they're life-giving. The Bible tells us that we have to be mindful. We have to guard our mouths and what comes out of them. We have to be careful of the things we're saying. You don't want to speak negative words to people. Those words actually bring death to the situation. So speak positive words. Use your words to uplift and encourage someone this week. Use your words to speak life over a situation. Maybe you've got a friend or coworker or family member that is going through something really difficult. Use your words to speak life into that situation. And then allow, first thing when you get up in the morning, say, Lord, help me to meditate on good things. Help me to meditate on what you have for me, of all the things that I do have to be grateful for. You know, it's a really good practice that a lot of people do where they'll, they'll start out their day or end their day writing down the things that they're thankful for. And that is so powerful. It's a good reminder to us. And a lot of times, those same people, they don't write down just the good stuff. They write down the difficult things that they can now look at and say, I am grateful that I had to go through this. It's not God's will that bad things happen to us, but he can take any situation and he can turn it around for every single one of our good. Here's the next thing. is We have to develop a high appreciation for life. Enjoy your life, you guys. We have so much that we should be able to enjoy. We have so much that even if you look at other countries and things that are going on all around the world, you guys, you have it good. Even for those that you think, man, I don't have much, you have a whole lot more than most people do all around this world. We are blessed, blessed people. We have a lot to be thankful for. Be thankful for Christmas with your family. Be thankful for your marriage. Be thankful for your kids. Some of you all are like 
they're going to be off for two weeks, and I don't know what I'm going to do with these crazy things. But be thankful for them. Be thankful that you have that time with them, even though they might drive you a little crazy sometimes. That's okay. I personally love Christmas break because then it means I don't have to do any lunches for school in the morning. I don't have to get up at 630 in the morning and take them to school. Like, I'm all about it. So some of y'all are not looking forward to it. I am definitely looking forward to it. Um, Be thankful for even the traffic that you experience here in Fort Wayne, which... I mean, I'll be honest, it's not that bad here in Fort Wayne. Yesterday, I was at Target, though, and I was, like, getting the stank eye from a lady. And Ashton was like, what's she mad at? I was like, I have no clue. I mean, and she, my almost 11-year-old was like, what's she mad at? I don't know. I just was, like, driving. I'm like, jeesh. But we just, be careful, you guys. Like, it's, first off, it's Christmas. Like, be nice to each other. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Like, Holly jolly, not like, oh, get out of my way, lady. Just be nice, you guys. Be nice. We get so worked up about traffic. And I know traffic is a sore spot because every time I talk about it, all of you chuckle. So I know all of you are like either the person or your spouse or someone in your family is the person who has the traffic issue. So put those fingers away. Don't be letting anybody have special birdie signs, nothing like that. Keep them put away, love people, be kind to them. And let me just tell you, it could be so much worse because I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, which is very large compared to Fort Wayne. And when we came to Fort Wayne, I was like, there's no traffic here. This is fantastic. I couldn't believe it. And then I hear people complain about it. And I'm like, you guys, this is not traffic. You don't know traffic. You're talking like eight lane freeways. People are like, swerving in and out and you're like oh gosh (laughs) i just want to get off on the exit and nobody will let you over there like if you're over here and you're trying to get over there you better get a head start because nobody's letting you get to the other side so we don't have a lot to be upset about when it comes to traffic around here in fort wayne that is but people have that have that high appreciation for life can enjoy life And so whether you're happy, whether you're sad, whether things are looking up, whether things are looking down, whether you feel blessed or distressed, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. If you really have the joy of the Lord, it doesn't matter what the situation is, you can laugh through it. And so we've got a really funny clip from one of my favorite comedians, Tim Hawkins. So hope you guys enjoy this. Candy gets better, kids. Candy gets wonderful. I love candy. It's so good, but there's some bad candy out there. Remember going trick-or-treating? Remember getting the bad candy? You ever get a popcorn ball? Remember those? You're like, why would anyone make this and give it to a kid? What is that? That's the popcorn ball. I made it myself. You need to eat it yourself. That's what you need. That's sick. That is sick. You ever get those wax lips? Remember? (laughs) Wax lips. You didn't know what it was. You ate it anyway, huh? What are you eating? I have no idea what I'm eating right now. What's it taste like? It has no flavor whatsoever. I don't, it's just getting bigger as I chew it. You remember those wax bottles? <laughs> those wax bottles with that liquid? What was that? Power steering fluid? What was that we were drinking? These are fantastic. I, I can feel it burning my esophagus all the way down. It's amazing. Remember the brown taffy and the orange wrapper? Wasn't that the word? Tasted like peanut butter and hair. You remember that? <laughs> I love what they call candy now. You know, you see those little mini Snickers? What do they call them? Fun size. That ain't fun. Fun size is a whole bag of Snickers just jammed together. 
A big Snickers loaf. That's what I want for Halloween. A Snickerloaf. That's what I want in my bag. I don't want no popcorn ball. Snickerloaf. My parents used to pray this with me in the dark when I was a kid. Now I lay me down to sleep. Before I wake, I pray the Lord, my <sighs> Sweet dreams. <laughs> See you in the morning. Maybe. I don't know. 50-50. I can't guarantee anything. <laughs> Bugs bite. Psycho. And I know that each church has its own worship style, you know, which is cool. Some people are more expressive in worship, some people more subtle, and it's all good. Um, I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's um, it's a hand raising church. That's what it is, right? That's what you know. Anybody here go to a hand raising church? Anybody here? Sweet. Who here does not go to a hand raising church? Some of you are trying, you're like, I can't. I want to, Tim. I need to get some momentum. Totally cool. But hey, if you're not used to going to a hand-raising church, you want to go and join us, feel free to join us, but don't feel like you got to join right in, okay? Start slow. we got a lot of different hand-raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand-raises. So I'm going to walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say you're at my church, music is rocking. Start slow, hands in the pockets, little elbow flap, you're fine. Very subtle, get warmed up, get your heart rate up. When you're warmed up, start with the first one. Ready, carry the TV. Carry the TV, that's our first one. Very subtle. Go to big screen, big screen, a little wider. Next one's my fish was this big, my fish was this big. If you're a liar, you know out there, that's fine, don't worry about it. Jesus loves you. Grace. Next one's hold my baby. Hold my baby. It's got dueling light bulbs. That's our next one, dueling light bulbs. We got goalpost. Everybody knows goalpost. Throwing a heartburn. A lot of people like to do heartburn. Double heartburn, right back to goalpost. What's my favorite? Mufasa. Mufasa, that's my favorite. The circle of life. Tim, can you go higher? Yes, you can. You can take one hand, go a bunch of different stuff. Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. Release the doves, give the Lord a high five. Press it out. A lot of women like to wash the window. Wash the window. And when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. There you go, there's your big three. There's a lot of hand sanitizer in church. Anybody notice that? I don't know. At my church, they have these two hand sanitizer stations right by the front door greeters. That is not a good message. 
People come in on Sunday. How you doing? Nice to see you all. It's good to see you. Thanks for coming. This, you're going to love it here. We just love people. You can just be yourself. You can just be yourself. We don't care. We don't judge you. We just love. You sit back, and whatever questions you have, you let us know. We'll let you know whatever we can do for you, okay? Y'all newly married? You got four kids? Four kids. That is amazing. God love. We love kids here. Kids are like a little gift from God is what they are. They are just wonderful little creatures that God gives us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where y'all from? Arkansas? Okay. Oh my gosh. I love that hand sanitizer one. That's like my very favorite. I'm not going to lie, when I put on hand sanitizer, when that's that like big bottle, sometimes I laugh because I think about that bit right there. I think it's so funny. And if you notice, he did four pumps for the four kids. So he's like, pump for each kid. <laughs> you know, I love that. I think it's so great. Oh, so, so great. Here's the thing is the secret to all of this is not really a secret at all. A grateful person is a happy person. A person that is grateful has joy no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation. And I love hearing you laugh. Apparently, we just need to show you guys funny videos from Tim Hawkins because you all were dying laughing during that. So that is awesome. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So no matter what, we can have thankfulness in every situation. People that have a high appreciation for life know that God's going to work out every detail of every situation. And it doesn't always look like what we think that it's supposed to look like. But he always works things out for our good. And he can take any situation, no matter how good or how difficult, he can turn it around for our good. He can come in any situation and make that situation turn for our good and ultimately for his glory if we allow it to. The problem is that a lot of times we just get caught up in all the negative things within our lives. A problem is a pre-miracle, though. And that's what I truly believe is that people that can look at a situation, say a problem is a pre-miracle for what good is going to come, that those people are full of joy, they are happier they know that something good can come from anything. Here's the next thing, and that is find something positive in everything. Uh, have you ever known somebody who just everything is negative? I think we all know people like that. They're like, this is it. I'll never get out of this situation. It's over. No, that's not true. It's just not true. Or they think, I blew it this time. There is no coming back for this. from this. This is it. But that's not true. The reality is you're going to blow it over and over. It's just our choice to say, okay, are we going to get back up or are we going to allow this to be the thing that defeats us, the thing that knocks us down for good? Philippians 4.8 says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about those things. Think about the good things. Be thankful. We choose what we're going to allow to take up space in our mind, to take that place in our mind and constantly be thinking about it. You make the choice every day on what you're going to do. Here's the next thing is to turn everything over to God. One of the reasons why we lack that joy, why we just can't seem to be happy is because whether or not we want to admit it, we like to control every situation that we're in. We like to know how things are going to turn out. We want to know that they're going to turn out how we think that they should turn out. 
That's the way that a lot of us live our lives. And I think it's just human nature. It's something that we have to fight against because our flesh wants to gratify itself. Our flesh wants to get everything that we want. And if we're not careful, then we allow that mindset to take over. And then what we're doing is we're communicating to God that we don't trust him. Our lack of faith and trust in him says, I got this. I can do this on my own or your God, you're not doing a good enough job. That's what that communicates to him. And that's, it's just not true. Any will of his is better than our personal will. Hands down, it always will win. And so the best thing you could do is to submit to God and say, God, you take control of this situation. You do what you need to do in this situation. Use me however you want me to, to be used. Help me to love those that are around me. Help me to be forgiving. Help me to be loving. Help me to be grateful in every circumstance, no matter what it is. We make that choice. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, the thing is, I believe that that verse is meant to be done in order. See, the, the first part of the verse has to come first. We have to present our requests to God. We have to have a thankful heart, and we have to go to God with prayer and petition and let him know that we're submitted to him no matter what that situation is, no matter what we're facing. And then that's when the peace of God comes. That's when the peace that, that goes against all understanding comes that you can have peace in the middle of a storm you can have even like the words of that song that ava sang that no matter what the storm is he's the calm in the storm he's the one that brings peace to our situation no matter what so i urge you to let god take control of every area of your life would you pray with me and just bow your heads for just a minute heavenly father Lord, I thank you for the ability to laugh in the face of difficult circumstances, that we can laugh in the highs and the lows. And God, I just thank you that even throughout this week, that every person in here would be met with a grateful heart, that we would go about our week, go about our time at job, with our kids, in marriage, and have a grateful heart, being grateful for even the smallest things that we would take some time and reflect on all the good, all the ways that you, Lord, have been faithful time and again, and help us to meditate on those things. Help us to have a thankful heart, one that sees that you sent your son for every single one of us, and that is a reason to have joy. We can have freedom because of that. We have peace because of that, and ultimately, we have salvation. We have the promise of your forgiveness for each and every one of us. And so we thank you for that, God. And with every head still bowed, I also don't want to leave here today without giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus into your heart because I know that some of you may have walked away from God. Maybe you've been far from him for a long time and he's beckoning you right now. All you have to do is just accept the invitation that he's had laying out for you from the beginning. And so if you need to ask Jesus into your heart, you know that you need a relationship with God. Maybe you've turned your back or walked away and you say, God, I need you. I need your forgiveness. I need your love. Would you just raise your hand all throughout this room? I'm not going to single you out or anything like that. Would you just lift your hand 
And that's just signaling to me that you just want me to include you in this prayer. Awesome. I see your hand. That's awesome. That's a bold step, you guys. Now, we're going to pray all together because nobody's going to pray alone in here. We're all going to pray together. Would you just repeat after me? Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Today, I give you my life. I ask you to forgive me and make me new. My life is yours. In Jesus' name, amen.